This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. Hey, girl. Hey. Hello. It's episode 96. Yep. Last time I checked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would hope it would stay the same. I'm not ready for 97 yet. Don't jump ahead. So what happened was... What? Why are you? Okay, hold on, pause. As you were talking, what did you do? I said something, and I noticed my microphone was moving, and I looked down, and because I moved it lower than normal, when I laughed, my boob hit it, (laughs) (laughs) and it was moving up and down with my laughter. I don't have that problem. (laughs) Everything's fine. Kind of sad, but that's hilarious. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening over here? And looked down and my boob was rested right up against it. It's the ghost. Oh, the ghost. <laughs> yeah. The ghost. <laughs> the phantom tata. <laughs> phantom and Patricia. <laughs> yeah. She feisty. Actually, yeah. that wasn't Patricia. I know. And now you got phantom and Patricia. <laughs> there we go. All right, so episode 96. Pyromania. <laughs> yeah. Fire. 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 <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, it's, it's so bad. This it's episode. It's not funny. Yeah, it's not funny, but I I have some alcohol. Yeah, because... Uh, to try to make it through. Because it's, it's hump day. day. <laughs> I missed that cue and I felt awkward as fuck. <laughs> it's fine. It happens. I was like, why are you looking at me? Oh, because it's hump day. Okay. Yeah. That's why you have the alcohol because of the hump day. Uh, maybe I need to drink more. Or less. Probably less because this is a stout one. Yeah. What um, do you have for us, Manders? Well, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and be honest. It was supposed to do something else and it didn't. And I'm really upset. So. These things sometimes happen. Sometimes it's hard to perform under pressure. That's what she said. (laughs) 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 So it's called a wildfire cocktail. Okay. And it's watermelony. It's very watermelon. We were supposed to be able to light it on fire, and there's enough alcohol in here to sterilize for a surgical patient. So I really don't understand what is happening. And just didn't want to. It was having an off day. Well, I don't appreciate it at all. So the recipe calls for vodka, watermelon vodka, simple syrup, melon liqueur, And just like a teaspoon of 151. Well, apparently it needs more than a teaspoon. um, But I had to pretty much quadruple the recipe to get it to the top of the glass. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to just stop. (laughs) 
I don't know what the proportions are that I did, but I can post it. It's green. It's green. It's pretty. Yeah. It smells like watermelon Jolly Rancher. Definitely does. It tastes like alcohol with a splash of watermelon in it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's good. Yeah. Yeah. We may be slurring a little bit. Eh, What else is new? It's all good in this hood. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) At least my other spicy stuff did work out. Jesus, oh my God, we might die. But I chose a new place called Key Mexico. It's a little local Mexican, I don't know, bougie taco place. It's delicious. It's wonderfulness. It is so freaking good. So I was looking at their res- their uh, recipe. <laughs> their what? Menu. Their menu. They got a menu. Yeah. Um, I got some elote, mm-hmm. of I course, and it is on elote. the cob. We got messy. We decided to eat that a little bit before some yep. of it. It was good. Okay, most of it. Most of it. And then I ventured out on some spicy tacos. I got a bisque taco, which is thin sliced steak, chorizo, green onions mixed with Diablo salsa on a flour tortilla with cheese and cilantro and onions. But at minus the onions, we don't like the onions. No okay? onions, thank you. Um, and I put jade salsa on it just to see. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what it was. But then I also got the gringa taco. And I think this would be good if I didn't mess it up with the wrong sauce. <laughs> it's a pork marinated ancho and guajillo peppers wrapped in a cheese crust on a flour tortilla with cilantro and onions. Minus onions, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I got India salsa. Maybe don't do that. <laughs> it's like wasabi in liquid form. Oh, God. I haven't tried it yet. But we're about to. I'm scared. We saved these for you guys. <laughs> Do, don't judge me by my noises of pain. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little scared. But we'll survive. I got milk and water and stuff. Okay. This is the pork one. The green guy. Okay, this is the one with all the, the hot shit on it? Yeah, yeah, you said the green stuff the green is the sauce hot shit. The green like the spicy. But. Oh my god. It looks and smells delicious. I know. Oh, it smells hot as hell. My nose hair's burned. Okay, I'm finna about it. Okay. Ha! Oh, there's the sauce. There it is. Found <clears throat> it! <laughs> At first, I was like, oh, this is so good. I probably just made so many mouth noises. I didn't even think about it, but it was getting a little spicy. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can't feel the tip of my tongue. No. Take a bite without the sauce on it, though, if you can find a spot. There's no spots. I know. Okay. That's why I said if. The sauce is hot as hell. Yeah. And my tongue is really good. My tongue's a little bit numb. But that aside. <gasps> The pork is delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the little cheese crust thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shit's hot. It's hot. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to take a drink. I, like, I would definitely order that again. Yeah, I'm going to try it again. Sands the India sauce. Yeah, definitely. 
All right. So I'm a little nervous about this one. This is the Bist one? Oh, that's the jade sauce. Yeah, the jade sauce isn't spicy. I did cheat and try the sauce, but the meat is supposed to be spicy. So here we go. Okay. I'm kind of scared of this one. Oh. So a little, it's, it's doable. Yeah, it's maybe. Good. It's got a lot of cilantro in it. But I kind of like this salsa. Jade might be the way to go. But my lips are still burning from the other stuff. Okay, there's still onion in it. Just a little bit from uh, the, um, probably from the meat. Well, it's not supposed to. Well, they didn't put the chopped onions on top like that. I know. Did. Sorry, boo, I tried. The flavor of the meat is good. Mm-hmm. I just can't when I crunch into an onion. I do like the jade salsa better. Mm-hmm. But all the shit's hot. That was my intention. <laughs> That's why I got us the corn. It's hot in here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's real it's hot. It's getting in. hot in her. Mm. I'm not taking off my clothes, though. I might. Schwing. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Well, coming to you, topless. <laughs> <laughs> Who would know? Nobody would ever know. Nobody would know. I would know. You, you would, would know. know. Take it to the grave, bitch. That's all I got to say. Yep. I'm sure it's cool going topless. It's fine. Yeah. No big deals. Whew. All right. Okay. So if you want to see a photo of all oh. that and <laughs> are you okay? The alcohol burns. Yes, it does. It made my lips burn even more. My lips are burning. My tongue's burning. It's all burning. Everything's fine. Oh, my fuck. Oh, when you breathe, it makes it worse. Don't breathe. Don't Just breathe. don't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's fine everything is great here it's great it's fantastic if you would like to see pictures of our um fire breathing hump day treat, <laughs> then go to the socials the facebook and the instagram yeah there will be photos hopefully this i made sure it saved in my phone this time don't know what the fuck happened to the hump day amanda last took time. a picture last week of the hump day treat. she's my witness i saw her do it she saw me take it it is no longer in my phone and disappeared and apparently the wine was elusive and we couldn't and find a picture of it so. not for sale online so we have determined that we just have to go back to hot springs we're gonna road trip it and stock up on wine and come back yeah we're gonna get a whole case we could do like a caravan. Who wants to go? Ooh, anybody else want to go? Road trip. Mm-hmm. Like some Britney Spears shit. Let's do it. Oh, <laughs> hell yes. Can we not have all the drama that was in that movie, though? I would rather not, no. Okay. I, I just want some good car karaoke and snacks. Oh, I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. You ready to do this? Let's do the damn thing. Okay, let's talk about some messed up stuff. Okay, first off. Triggers. Trigger warning. Just gonna let you know that right now. <laughs> okay, my case, there is lots of death to juveniles. Oh, good. Um, I do not go into detail. Okay. Cool. But it's a thing. It happens a lot. It does. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling it's going to be a good one, though. Okay, so this is somebody I've never heard of before. His name is Peter Dinsdale. And when I saw that, 
it immediately made me think of Dimsdale from Fairly Odd Parents. <laughs> and I kept saying Dimsdale Dimmodome in my head. <laughs> but it's not Dimsdale, it's Dinsdale. Dinsdale. <laughs> for now. It's Dinsdale for now. And you shall see. For what I now? Mean. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here we go. All right. Born as Peter George Dinsdale, oh. July 31st, which is my brother's birthday. <laughs> 1960. He was not born in 1960. No. One of my younger brothers. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> 1960. In Manchester to a sex worker, he was brought up in children's homes and suffered from epilepsy and congenital spastic hemiplegia? Plegia? Plagia. Plagia. I don't know that word. Wow. Um, in his right limbs, which left him with a limp in his right leg and a compulsion to hold his right arm across his chest. Okay. He had endured a difficult childhood and claimed he was bullied over his disabilities, which I believe because of kids course. are assholes. Yeah, they, they suck. As an adult, he worked as a laborer and was known locally as Daft Peter due to his low IQ. Well, that's kind of mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, adults are assholes, too. Yeah. Pe- um, people suck. <laughs> people suck. In general. I have a picture. Go to the first one. Just Peter. Peter, this Peter, is what, pumpkin eater. <laughs> this is what Peter Dinsdale looked like. He's not very threatening looking. No. He's got the eyes, but. His eyes are a little creepy, a little but bit. if you're not staring into his eyes, he just looks like a regular Joe Schmo on the street. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't be threatened if he walked past me. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we're in England, just in case you didn't. Oh. Cheerio. <laughs> no. <laughs> Say that again for the listeners in England. No, because they're going to come at me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> I can't do it under pressure. Oh, my gosh. I just, um, a piece came out of my tooth. A piece of what? Green stuff. Oh, no. The very, very tip of my tongue is numb. Don't suck on your teeth. I know we had corn, but don't suck on your teeth. (laughs) Ow. (laughs) It's fine. Oh, God. All right. Here we go. Okay. In 1979, his mother remarried a man with the last name Lee. That same year, Peter changed his name to Bruce. God, I've heard (laughs) this case. Okay, I don't really remember it, but I remember it. The Bruce Lee thing. In homage to the actor (laughs) and martial artist, Bruce Lee. Yeah. I am not calling him Bruce Lee. Because fuck this dude. No. He will forever be Peter to me, and that's what I will refer to him as throughout this case. Do we dare refer to him as Daft Peter? I mean, you could. Does he deserve it? Uh, yeah, he sucks ass, bro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on December 4th, 1979, a fire broke out at the front of a house on Selby Street. And, okay, I'm not British. Don't I know, they do it weird. There's so many names. On Selby Street in Hull East Riding of Yorkshire. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Inside were Edith Hasty and her sons Thomas... And Charles, both 15, Paul, who was 12, and Peter, who was 8. The family was asleep at the time. They awoke to the smell of smoke. Charles was able to rescue his mother by pushing her out of an upstairs window. Oh, my God. It was a second-story window. 
He pushed her. She fell because he knew that was the only way she was getting out of the house. Did she survive? She survived. Okay. Mom survived. Okay. But he could not help his brothers, Paul and Peter, who were in the same bedroom as him. When he opened the bedroom window to push his mom out, it caused a draft, which fed the fire. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. All three were trapped and burned severely. They were taken to the specialist burns unit in Penderfields Hospital in Wakefield, West Yorkshire. All right. Charles died overnight. Peter died two days later. Oh, my God. And Paul died after surviving for 12 days. Oh, my God. The other brother, Thomas, he had muscular dystrophy and survived escaping through a window in the back bedroom where the flames were less severe. He was in a different bedroom. Okay. Edith Hasty also had three daughters who were staying with relatives that night, and her husband, Tommy Hasty was in prison. It all sucks. This is sad. Okay, okay, this is even worse. Good. The police set up a makeshift incident room in a former police station on Gordon Street and began talking to local people about the fire and the family. Mm. They were surprised and shocked by the response from the neighborhood regarding the brothers, despite the severity of the fire that led to their deaths. Okay. So the indifference of the neighborhood came to a head at the joint funeral for the boys in January 1980, when a grief-stricken Edith had an outburst to the crowd over their lack of sympathy for the loss of her sons. Never before have I encountered such hatred and dislike for a family, one detective later recalled. Why? I'll get to it. Oh, okay. Once the police had established that the Hasties were known as a problem family responsible for petty crime and vendettas, they began looking for an arsonist who may have been seeking a form of revenge. Hmm. Peter was one of the many teenagers who volunteered to be questioned routinely about the fire. He volunteered. Uh-huh. Okay. Six months after the inquiry began, he confessed in great detail to pouring paraffin through the letterbox and setting it ablaze in revenge against Charles Hasty. With whom he had had some sexual history. Oh, yeah. So, mind you, at this point in time, just just to let you know, um, Peter is 19 years old. Mm -hmm. Peter said the 15-year-old boy had threatened to go to the police since he was a minor unless Peter gave him money. Yeah. He had also become infatuated with Charles' sister, Angelina Hasty, but she had rejected him repeatedly. So, he's having sex with the brother in love with the sister... Yeah, that's not a good combination there. It's all a little tangly. Recipe for disaster. Indeed. Peter confessed to the Selby Street fire, saying, I didn't mean to kill them, and told the police how Charlie Hasty had demanded money from him for sexual activities. Peter had also been ridiculed by members of the Hasty family for falling in love with Angelina Hasty, and that was the reason Peter had set the fire. During further questioning, Peter unexpectedly confessed to starting nine more <laughs> fatal fires in Hull over the previous seven years. Oh my God. Y'all, let me tell you what I've been doing. Just, just here's how it went. Why? I don't, he wanted the recognition, I guess. He either wanted the recognition. No, he doesn't have a conscience. Never mind. I was yeah, going to say his conscience was eating him, but it's probably the recognition thing. Yeah, he's just yeah. telling all. None of the fires were treated with suspicion at the time. Oh, that's why. Because he's pissed that nobody's, like... Nobody had guessed that... Nobody's even getting close to him. Yeah, he burned anything down for nefarious reasons. Yeah. By the age of 19, 
Peter had killed 26 people. Holy crap. Among his victims were the three Hasty brothers, aged 8 to 15, the three Dixon brothers, aged 16 months to 5 years, their mother Christine, and baby Katrina Thacker, just 6 months old. There were also the 11 elderly men in a residential home, Winsley Lodge. Dozens more were burned or suffered from smoke inhalation or received injuries while escaping. Why the grandpas? They didn't do nothing to you. (laughs) I don't know know why the babies. Neither did did the babies. (sighs) Peter claimed that most of the fires were started at random because he loved fire and he rarely considered whether he was endangering life when he started them. Only the Hasty Fire and two others were at houses owned by people he knew and bore a grudge. Okay. The first had been committed when he was just 12. <laughs> when he stalked the house of a fellow schoolboy named Richard Ellerington. My daughter is 12, mm-hmm. or almost. I hope she ain't burning shit down. Oh my God, I cannot. I, nope, Mm-mm. nope, nope. In oh. the dead of night, Peter set the home on fire, almost killing the whole family, but young Richard died in the blaze. Holy God. Just weeks later, Peter struck again at the home of a man named David Brewer, who was incapacitated at home after a work injury. Brewer had gone to the bathroom and returned to the living room to find it being devoured by flames. His clothes caught fire, and he was seen running in anguished desperation through the street covered in burns. Brewer died, but Peter was far from done. I can't. Um, he crept into one man's home, poured paraffin over him, and set fire to the victim as he slept in a chair. Oh, my God. Another of Peter's victims was a mother and her three young sons, the Dixon brothers, who were aged 16 months to five years old. The family died after paraffin was squirted through their letterbox and set alight. And an elderly woman killed in her bedroom was also a victim of his. Okay, so paraffin is extremely flammable. Be mm-hmm. careful. Let's do that. Yeah. Investigating officers proceeded to drive Peter around the city of Hull to the locations he had specified, where he pointed out the buildings in question. Although Peter could not be particular with dates or chronology, research <laughs> later showed that the fires had indeed been started at each of the dwellings that he had indicated. Peter said that when he heard of the deaths he had caused, he sought solace in the Bible, but was not persuaded to stop or confess. He claimed the urge was almost beyond his control and that he knew he was ready for a new attack when his fingers began to tingle. My master is fire, he said chillingly. I mean, okay, I have a fascination with fire as well, but... Do your fingers tingle? And you gotta set something to blaze? No, no. My, my baby flame candles do the job. You know, a little fire pit, something. Uh, this, this little this fucker's fine. batshit crazy, this, though. This is, That's the thing. this is taking it to a whole new level. Well, yeah. His master is fire, bro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to test Peter's story and rule out any prospect that he was just a well-informed fantasist, <laughs> Officers deliberately took him to a dwelling where a high-profile fire had occurred, but a criminal conviction had already been secured. So they're, like, trying to trick him. They wanted to see if he's just, like, living in a fantasy world. Yeah. Like, how much do you really know? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. 
Peter immediately ruled out his involvement, saying he had never been anywhere near the area. So he told the truth about that one. Like, he was like, oh, I didn't start that fire. Okay. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> this led police to believe that he was being truthful about the number of fires he had started. I am going to say I believe him. Mm-hmm. Crap. Despite initially saying he was not sorry for the deaths he caused, mm-hmm. as killing was not on his mind when he began the majority of the fires, Peter later offered apologies for his actions while awaiting trial. Empty, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh. On January 20th, 1981, Peter pleaded not guilty at Leeds Crown Court to 26 counts of murder, but guilty to 26 counts of manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility and to 11 counts of arson. Prosecutors accepted the guilty plea, saying that it was not in the public interest to incur the expense of a trial. He had also confessed to an additional 10 non-fatal fires set in locations, including shops and warehouses. He was not charged for those incidents. Okay. Peter was detained for life under the Mental Health Act at Leeds Crown Court in 1981. Cool. Okay. Peter was initially taken to Park Lane Special Hospital in Liverpool and was later transferred to Rampton Secure Hospital. Although he had been convicted of more deaths than any previous killer in British history, <laughs> Peter received relatively little national publicity. Oh, possibly, I know. Sad day. Yeah. Possibly because he was convicted of manslaughter rather than murder, and also because the trial of Peter Sutcliffe, which was a much more high-profile case, was ongoing at the same time. Peter Sutcliffe, or the Yorkshire Ripper, was sucking up all the publicity. Rude. I know. But it's also likely that Peter's M.O. meant he never captured the imagination of the tabloids. Rather than being a hands-on murderer or, or a sexual sadist, his chosen method of attack was arson, and he seemed to be motivated more by a compulsion to ignite flames rather than by a specific urge to kill. Yeah. So, like, tabloids thought he was boring because he was <laughs> just a pyromaniac and not, like, a psychotic murderer. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I know it's all garbage. Okay. In 1983, a public inquiry concluded that the fire at the Winsley Lodge was accidental and that Peter was not responsible for it or the deaths of the 11 residents, men aged 65 to 95. Um, it was later overturned by the Court of Appeal after evidence proved the blaze had been caused by the boiler. Okay, I'm just going to say something right here. Mm-hmm. He says that, oh, yeah, I started the fires, but I didn't mean to kill people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe the first time that happened. <laughs> but then you realize but, you're continuously killing people. But then he continued to do it. So you can't tell me that you didn't mean to kill people if the yeah. if the first, you know, the first incident you had that people were killed with the fire that you started. Maybe wouldn't that only be like a, burn oh, down abandoned buildings. <laughs> yeah, stick to the warehouses, bruh. Yeah. What are you doing? Okay. Oy. You can't so you can't he, that that argument just get, like gets thrown out for me. Yeah. No, you already knew what the consequences were, and you kept doing it. Right. Okay. okay. So, in 1983, Winsley Lodge, it was overturned. Yeah. Because the fire had been caused by the boiler. Senior fire investigation officers supported the conclusions that were made by the court. I mean, so that's fine, but... They said he didn't kill those 11 old men. Okay. Following a further name change... 
Oh, my God. Really? He now goes by Peter Trudget. Oh, he didn't like Bruce Lee? No. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> maybe, he, maybe he grew up, and now he's more of like a Jackie Chan fan. Where I don't know. Where did you get Trudget from, though? I don't know. Like, it's, it's not cute. Okay. Peter has recanted his confessions, of consistently course. claiming his innocence since the late 1980s. A new appeal was launched in 2021 following a referral from the Criminal Cases Review Commission arguing due to his physical disabilities, he could not have committed the crimes and had falsely confessed due to the state of his mental health. Mm. No. The Court of Appeal ruled in 2022 that Peter could not have been responsible for two of the fires, acquitting him of two counts of arson and three of manslaughter. (gasps) The remaining convictions were upheld, though. Uh, Here's some bullshit. You ready to be outraged? Sure. Here we go. Okay. Peter has been pictured enjoying a stroll in the sun more than 35 years after he was locked up for burning 15 victims to death in a series of arson attacks. Cool. So I have a picture, but it's not of his face, but all the British tabloids are sharing the same picture of him walking out amongst people. That's stupid. And all the tabloids... It has blurred his face out. So maybe it's not him. Maybe it is. But he does um, have the hand thing. According to the Sunday Mirror, that's him. Okay. The depraved killer has been seen out and about on the street while on day release from his secure unit, the Sunday Mirror revealed. He once boasted that his ambition was to break the Guinness World Record for serial killers. <laughs> oh, good. But he didn't mean to kill somebody. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> the 55-year-old was spotted joking with staff as he walked past unsuspecting school children near the psychiatric unit where he is being held indefinitely. Oh, kill. Yeah, that's where he needs to be. One of his victims, Roz Fenton, who lost her unborn baby after being trapped in a fire started by Peter said he should never be allowed out. Agreed. Mm -hmm. She suffered burns on 50% of her body and still suffers regular flashbacks of the horrific day. And, you know, she lost her baby. Yeah. This uh, The now 63-year-old told the Sunday Mirror, he's a danger to society. The thought of him walking about near kids sickens me. Mm -hmm. The police always said we'd be kept informed of what was happening with him at every stage, but we've heard nothing about this. Yeah, unfortunately, that's something that happens. Mm -hmm. But despite the debates about exactly what he did, and despite the striking lack of public knowledge about his crimes, there's no denying his place as one of Britain's worst mass killers. Peter once said, I am devoted to fire and despise people. He proved that with horrifying consequences. Why is he not in jail or in a ward? Some kind of facility. Technically, he is in a facility, but he gets day passes. Okay. All right. Technically, he is in a facility. But he was... For the rest of his life, he's he lives in this facility, but he gets passes to go out and about. And and who's to say can he's go going to start another fire? Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I'm so happy for him. So, fuck Peter Dinsdale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bruce Lee, Peter Tredgett, whatever the hell you want to be called. He's forever Peter Dinsdale. I can't book. believe you're already done with your case. That was, uh, oh, yeah, that's it. That, that was, was my so case. good. Thanks. I could have listened to that for a while. Okay. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Man. Okay, well, let's go 
open up my messed up stuff. Ugh, I hate this douchebag. Okay. You ready to talk some more burn stuff? Sure. Maybe a lot more burn stuff? I don't have much of a choice. Nope, you don't. You're here. So you might as well do it. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Tell me stuff. My case is about Judy Malinowski. Okay. From the grave, a slain Ohio mother of two testified against her ex-boyfriend, Michael Slager, in his 2018 murder trial. Yes. From the grave? From the grave. Okay. Let's just go ahead and get this out of the way and look at a picture of this fuck face. Okay. Oh, my stars. Yep. He kind of looks like the evil counterpart to the guy off Pawn Stars. Oh, that's who he looks like. I watched a documentary. I've looked at so many things that I could not place who he looked like. That's it. Yeah, he looks awful. Fuck that dude. Yeah, I mean, the dude on Pawn Stars, is, is he's okay. He's pretty cool. But this dude, mm-hmm. no. Mm-mm. Yeah. We don't like him. All right, uh. so here we go. We're d- I'm just going to jump right into it. Okay. Clinging to life on a hospital bed with burns covering 95% of her body, an amputated arm that had been scorched to the bone, oh no, and bolts of pain visibly racking her frame, Judy, then 33, when she testified, mm-hmm. told the courts through video that Michael had doused her in gasoline and set her on fire during an argument on August 2nd, 2015. Oh my God. Let's go take a look at Judy. Okay. Beautiful, precious little baby Judy. Oh, my God. She's gorgeous. She is. She naturally has, like, brown hair, but she went blonde, and I like it. Mm-hmm. She looks cute. She is very cute. Quote from her regarding Michael. She said, he's just evil, just completely evil in her pretrial deposition. The three-hour attestation was recorded just five months before she died due to complications from the burn on June 27, 2017. She became one of the first people in in the U.S. to posthumously testify in their own murder trial. Wow. Like, this is a huge deal. Yeah. Haunting footage from her poignant account of the attack is featured on it. What did I say? Poignant. Fuck. Poignant. 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 I'm fine. I knew that. Haunting footage from her poignant account of the attack is featured on an MTV documentary, The Fire That Took Her, on uh, Paramount Plus. It's also on Prime. Go watch it. Okay. I cannot give y'all enough information to make you really feel this whole story without seeing this documentary because, oh my God. Okay. They did a really good job. Um, she said he got these cans of cat of gasoline that he had kept in the back of his truck, which, um, this occurred in broad daylight at a speedway gas station near Columbus, Ohio. Oh my gosh. Ohio. What are you doing? There's, well, there's too many things that happen in Ohio. They will cry over there. A little bit. Um, I'm going to go ahead and show you a picture of the gas station. So while I'm talking about things later, you can kind of understand. Okay. Okay. So looking at this picture of the gas station, there is a bank to the left. Okay. 
There is um, a tree at the bottom of your left-hand screen. Yeah. And there's some parking spaces. Well, he pulled in sideways to those parking spaces. At the gas station. Um, at the bank. At the bank. Okay. Um, and then there's that tree in the middle. Mm-hmm. And that's where she was set on fire. Okay. Right there. They oh they went to the gas station to get some cigarettes, got in an argument, pulled around right there, kept arguing, and here's what hit. Here, here we okay. go. He ran around me and started pouring gasoline. He started at my head and worked his way down, she continues, adding that gasoline had gone down her throat. Ugh. She said it burned re- like really, really, really bad. I, I can imagine. Can imagine. I looked at him and he pulled a lighter out of his pocket and started walking towards me. Her pain medications during this testimony had to be lowered. For her to be able so to So she talk could talk and be, yeah, coherent. So she had to work up a tolerance to get Aww. to this level. She said, I just remember crying and begging for help and he lit me on fire. Eyewitnesses called police, prompting Michael to grab a fire extinguisher in attempts to quell the flame. So he lit her on fire. Because he lit her on fire and just stood there and watched. And until somebody came over, he didn't do a damn thing. Then he grabbed a fire extinguisher. Then that's when he, when he realized like, oh shit, people are watching. I should probably do something. But there was also, since they were at a bank Mm -hmm. in front of an ATM, there's footage. Of course there is. Of the whole damn thing. Yuck. I don't I don't like want it. to watch it. It is available. You can watch it. It shows them arguing. Of course, it's grainy. Mm-hmm. It shows him pouring the gasoline all over her. And she's sitting there. And he goes back to the truck. And then he comes back like 33 seconds later or something like that. And tosses the lighter at her. Oh, my gosh. Okay. 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 Moments prior to the assault, Judy, at that time she was 31, and Michael, then a 40-year-old career criminal who had previously been charged with (laughs) domestic violence, sexual battery, child endangerment, stalking, and rape, among numerous other things. Oh, he was a winner. Yeah, they were locked in a heated argument. They had only been dating since May. This was August. It had gone this toxic in those short months. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Michael had stopped at the gas station to purchase a carton of cigarettes while en route to Parkside Addiction Treatment Center, where Judy was scheduled to undergo inpatient drug rehabilitation. Okay. She had a little bit of an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, Years before the attack, when Judy was 26, the then newly divorced mom struggled with an addiction to prescription painkillers after being diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Oh, poor baby. So there's a reason that mm-hmm. she, you know, needed rehab. It wasn't just of choice. Mm-hmm. At the time, Judy sent her young daughters, Kaylin and Maddie, to live with her mother, Bonnie Bowes, and sister, Danielle Gorman. I have a picture of Judy and her mama. Her mama is precious. Says Judy and Aww, mom. Yeah. They look so sweet. They are cute. Her mama loves her. Like, she's she's a good mama. By early 2015, Judy had officially kicked her habit and regained custody of her girls. However, she had began dating Michael in, well, okay, April, May, whatever. Mm-hmm. April of that year, he introduced her to heroin. And if you have an addictive personality. Mm-hmm. 
So she she oh, was living yeah. her best life mm-hmm. until he came along. Mm-hmm. Michael is the one that got heroin for me the first time, says Judy, to Michael's defense attorney, Bob Krappens. Yeah. Well, I don't really... I, look... He, I don't he, like defense attorneys. Not, but in the in the documentary though, like he says all the reasons he gave to try to fight his trial, but he also believes that he did it. Oh yeah, <laughs> like so you know he's on video. I mean, you can't fight that. You don't take that case, Bob. <laughs> she said he bought it for me every Mm-mm. day. He would bring home a gram of heroin. Oh my god, you garbage. But he didn't, he didn't do drugs. He just brought it to her. Because it helped him control her. Yes. Mm. Ding, ding, ding. In the documentary, Bonnie says Michael, who did not abuse drugs, used narcotics to manipulate her daughter. Mm-hmm. This was his way of controlling her so that he could abuse her, Bonnie explains. If he was bringing the drugs, he had power over her. Oh, I hate it. I hate all of I it. I hate all of this so much. Judy never made it to the addiction treatment facility that day. Of course she didn't. He wasn't ever going to take her. Mm-mm. Instead, she was rushed. Which is probably what the argument was about. Probably. We. She never said what they were arguing about. She, she's told every detail of what happened. But we don't know what they were arguing about. Does it really matter? No. But Does that's, it really matter? That's my best guess. I bet he was trying to talk her out of it, and she didn't. She wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Oy. Yeah. <sighs> he even like he would even like put Bonnie against Judy. He he'd call Bonnie and be like, "Oh my God, Judy's strung out on drugs. I don't know what to do. I'm just trying to take care of her." And he was the one providing mm-hmm. the drugs. Like you ass. Anyway, so instead, yeah, she was rushed to Ohio University Wexner Medical Center where healthcare workers doubted she'd live. I've seen plenty of burns to her degree. I can't say I've seen many that survive past a few days, says Judy's nurse, Stacy Best. Stacy, you are the best. Because she is the best nurse ever. Mm -hmm. Judy lived for 700 days. That's crazy. With 95% of her body burned. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so in the burn world, we have an equation for mortality. Unfortunately, this is actually a thing. Which is based on the patient's age and percent burn, Stacy added. In Judy's case, she was 31 and approximately 80% burned. So her mortality rate was 110%. Mm-hmm. I have a photo of the burns. Okay. I don't know if they'll get blurred out or not, but I tried to choose a tasteful photo, but you can just see like it's, it's everywhere. It's bad. Don't look at it. Um, if you don't like flesh stuff, Mm -mm. it's when she's all cleaned, but still, yeah, it's it's, still, it's still bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. Oh. Michael, who was also taken to the hospital, told authorities that the burning was an accident. Bullshit, bro. He claimed he dumped gasoline on Judy in retaliation to her drenching him in soda. That's an equivalent. Yeah. Right. And what did she throw at you in order for you to throw she a threw lighter a cu- back at a him? A cup of Coca-Cola. I know. I'm saying. I mean, And then he went God. back and threw a lighter. So what'd she throw at him to make him retaliate with throwing a lighter? Exactly. <laughs> Fuck you. 
Michael said that after their messy exchange, Judy sat on the grass near the gas station and asked him for a cigarette. He then alleged, and when he bent down to light the cig, her entire body ignited. That, no. That's not well, good thing happened. there's video. Mm-hmm. I walked over to give her a light, and that was it, he told detectives in police body camera footage featured in the film while he was in the hospital. This is what, like, they got every single bit of it as it was happening, and this is great. I love oh modern God. technology. Yeah. She went up in flames, and I couldn't believe it, he said. I didn't think it was going to be like that. Mm. Okay, there's footage. Okay. I took a still shot of the footage, so you don't have to see it in real time. Oh, my source. But you can see her in flames. I see that. Okay. Yeah. It's not like a close-up or anything. You just see in the corner. She's off in the... the, Um, left-hand side of the screen. Mm -hmm. It's just a big ball of fire. Mm -hmm. Michael was immediately placed under arrest and charged with felonious assault and aggravated arson. He was handed 11 years in prison, which was then the maximum sentence for crime in Ohio. That was the maximum sentence for murder? She wasn't dead yet. Oh, yeah. Still, attempted murder? Uh-huh. They, didn't, they didn't call that attempted murder? Fuck off. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. Yep. But Judy, <sighs> who miraculously regained consciousness after being in a coma for eight months, wasn't satisfied with the punishment. Of course not, Queen. With the help of Bonnie and her daughters, she petitioned the state to pass House Bill number 63, now known as Judy's Law. Mm-hmm. The legislation moved to increase the maximum sentence for felonious assault by 5 to 20 years for people who intentionally maim or disfigure others. Okay, I like it. Yeah, I like 20 years better. Mm-hmm. Still not enough, but okay. House Bill 63 should be passed because it destroyed my life, my family's life, my kids' life, everyone around us's life. Judy argued in a virtual address to lawmakers shown in the film, and the laws of justice are just not fair, she says. Mm-hmm. Judy's law was officially passed in September 2017, three months after her death. Shortly after her passing, Michael, who was facing the death penalty, entered a plea of guilt in her murder. <sighs> There's a reason why he ended up entering guilt, because of his sentencing may be better for him. Of course. It was Um, a completely selfish choice. But still to this day, he protests that he's innocent and it was an accident. I can't with you. Her video, her testimony was played at his sentencing hearing. He got to see her. Good. Yeah. He didn't care. Look at what you did, you fuck face. Um, I have a short little clip of that. And in that clip, she says, I live with the pain every day. I would never wish this upon anybody. I would like to see Michael charged with murder and do a life sentence. She said, I think that he deserves that. Yeah. Unfortunately, she didn't believe in the death penalty. In this case, (laughs) I'm so mad (sighs) that I would like for him to be set on fire. (laughs) Yeah. Can Can we just set him on fire? Is that a thing? Can we do that? Capital punishment? Tit for tat, mm. an eye for an eye. Mm. Let the punishment fit the crime kind mm. of thing. I'm sorry, but I kind of believe in that. <laughs> Do something incredibly horrible to somebody. Unfathomable. Mm-hmm. 
I know it doesn't make it right. That's but that's what I it. want to do. It's not going to make it right. It's not. It, and it it'll doesn't probably make, make it you better. Feel shitty afterwards. Exactly. Because you did something shitty and you're not a shitty. Yeah. Person. No, I don't think I would really carry out with it, or or if I would really want somebody to go through that. But you can fantasize about. It. I maybe that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't like it to really happen. But like, can can we do a dramatization? <laughs> okay, I'm down for that. I'm can we do that. those? I'm. Always here for a good dramatization. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make that a new law. Um, <laughs> Before sentencing, can we can please we have a dramatization? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I vote yes. The judge agreed because it was what Judy wished for mm-hmm. and ordered Michael to serve a life in prison without parole. He is carrying out his sentence at Southern Ohio Correctional Facility in Lucasville. No, I do not want to be a pen pal. Okay, good. And while Judy's daughters, now teenagers, argue that life behind bars isn't a strong enough punishment for Michael's heinous transgression, um, the youngest daughter was pissed. She was like, that doesn't make sense for him to just sit there and collect our money. I mean, she's probably like 13, maybe. (laughs) I want him. (laughs) Teenage outrage. Oh, my gosh. I know. Um, They're proud that their late mother's voice was the key that locked away her murderer. Yes. My mom taught me that you can stand up to anybody, says Caitlin. That's the oldest one. Yeah. Oh my God. And like at the beginning they were talking about their mom and she was like, I, she's like, you know, you have parents that tell you that they love you. She's like, but my, I knew that my mom loved me and her back rubs were the best. Oh, like I lost my shit on this one. You guys, Oh, it's really bad. And I hate him. I don't use that word a lot, but I hate him. This guy sucks ass. The fact that he's still not. Taking any responsibility for it at all. Oh, I have a picture of her during her testimony that I forgot. We don't really have to throw that one in there. It's it's bad. Yeah. It's, it's her bad. face. I'll throw it in the photos. Don't look it. I don't like I don't it. like any of it. So there's my case. Well, this episode sucked. Yeah, I've had that one in my back pocket for about three years. <laughs> I heard that one a long time I love when you finally get to use the ones that you... I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I have the perfect one. It's fucked up, but I got it. Yeah, you just got to find that perfect spot to fit it into. Oh. Well, this topic sucked. We're not bringing this back. I don't think we're going to do this one again. I'm, want, I'm good. Um, yeah. Uh, no more fires. No more fires. Okay. And no more India salsa. I have fear of fire anyway. That's a horrible way to die. Yeah. Horrible. I think we've talked about this on the podcast. But yeah, before. I think we have too. But that's, that's why I, that's, I don't want to be cremated. Awful. Like, don't burn me. Don't burn You're me. You're dead. It doesn't matter. Just the thought of my body burning, the burning flesh just freaks me out. It freaks me the fuck well, out. Well, I don't want to be around for it. I'm not going to stick around and watch that. It doesn't matter. I can't do it. I can't do it. Bury me in a scary, elegant grave. That's where I want to be. I just like the thought of my ashes being turned into jewelry. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's, I don't, that's cool. Don't set me on fire. Okay, Ugh. fine. I won't. I know. I have your death plan, okay? Okay. I've got Amanda's it. Amanda's in charge of my death plan. 
<laughs> just in case anybody was wondering. <laughs> oh my God. There will be a mausoleum involved. Oh, it's yes. Fine. Oh, yes. Definitely. It will be black. Mm-hmm. Black mausoleum. Like your soul. Black roses. Everything black. All the black. I might throw a little bit of purple. Can I throw a little bit of purple? No, it's not your mausoleum. What about iridescent black? Can I throw some iridescent black? I do like a good iridescent. <laughs> okay. 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 There we go. I got to break it up a little bit. <laughs> I just want black on black on black. Different shades of black. Fifty shades of black. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm writing it down. Fifty shades. Like my closet. Fifty shades of black. So last episode, mm-hmm. we told y'all about our new game. Guess that cryptid in our best game show host voices. <laughs> okay, so man, that was really good. The first cryptid. <laughs> Clue is. Mm-hmm. First one. Some describe it as reptilian or alien-like. There you go, friends. That's your once, first clue. Once, once again. Yep. One more time. people in the back. Mm-hmm. Some describe it as reptilian or alien-like. There you go. There's clue your first number clue. number one. Mm-hmm. Will be posted. Now remember... One guess. One guess per cryptid. Yes. So if y'all decide to go ahead and guess off this one and it's not right, then you don't You're get to guess again until another cryptid. The next cryptid. Yeah. So. One prize per cryptid. Do we need, should we, should we explain the rules again? Should we do this again? We can. We can. Okay. There's going to be guess that cryptid throughout the season. Mm-hmm. One guess per cryptid, like we previously stated. Mm-hmm. Now, there could be one cryptid that drags out all season, or there could be five cryptids. Who knows? Multiple chances for mystery prizes. Yes. It's all up to you guys and how quickly you guess that cryptid. Yeah. And the prize will be a mystery prize. But it will be good. And we will send them all out at the the end end of the season. At the end. All at once. So even if you win one, say you win it next week. Mm -hmm. You ain't getting your prize till the season's over. We're going to send them all out at one time. That's just how we roll. Because, say, 10 people win this season, <laughs> and we got to print 10 things. It's better to print yeah, all those 10 things Yeah, we're just going to print those once. all at once. And if you saw the prize from last season, it's pretty fucking good. We have good taste. Okay, we're not going to do you wrong. It's not yeah. going to be something cheesy. It's going to be something that we would want ourselves. Yeah. So, there you go. Go guess that, if, yeah. if you dare. Mm-hmm. Write it down. Jot it down in your handy-dandy notebook. Because I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and go to the socials, do the things. Rate and review. Rate and review, because we like that shit. Yeah. And uh, come back again. Yeah, next week. We'll next be back week. next week. Yeah. It's like a weekly thing again until it, It's just something we do. Yeah. Something we do. Okay. I think that's it. That's it. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzky for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagen for art. 
We'll talk at you next week. <laughs>